Interior. Paul Solo. What's up, everybody? Gotta weed out this uh, intro music here. What's up, y'all? Man, it's been a minute. Okay, first and foremost, sorry about the delays. Um, it's been a little busy on both ends. Um, as you can probably tell by now, um, Matt is uh, not with me tonight. Um, he's got a ton of shit going on. Um, but so does the podcast. So, you know, when he's ready to jump back in, we'll be here ready for him. Um, but yeah, just been busy. I know uh, episodes have kind of been scarce the last couple of weeks. I think we have two in the last four weeks. I apologize. We're getting the feedback. I am sorry. Um, but, you know, especially kind of rolling into October, it's a little bit of a busy, uh, busy season. So um, thanks for sticking around, though, and hanging out and, giving, you know, keeping us on our toes um you know we don't like missing dates as much as you guys uh don't like missing episodes so we'll try to you know push them out as uh as they come but uh yeah it's a, it's a little bit of a busy time at the moment so before i get into tonight's movie um which i'm not going to go long on i'll probably do just a short just because the movie itself is so long but it's fucking worth it trust me um but it's just, it, you know, it's hard doing it um, on the solo tip uh, for as long as Matt and I, kind of for as long as our episodes go. So um, I'm going to tell you some, you know, I'll give you some juicy morsels. I'll break the movie down a little bit for you. But I kind of want to start with um, some like updates, I guess, some shout outs, some call outs, what, whatever you want to call them. Uh, probably um, the reason why we've been uh, so busy and episodes have been scarce. Uh, there's a lot going on. Um First and foremost, I want to congratulate Dirty Joe, uh, Dirty Freaking Joe, as you guys know him as, unless you follow him and us on Instagram. Uh, Dirty Joe, we did an interview a couple weeks ago with. He came on to the show and debuted his music video, Sci-Fi Sam. Uh, we got uh, intimate. Per, what's the word I'm trying to use here? We got an exclusive look at the video, kind of uh, pre-effects before it was ready for public consumption and it was good uh when i saw it then without all the special effects like I, you could totally tell it's going to be awesome but then the video actually came out and with the effect man it's just so much different and it's on a whole nother level so much so um that he's been submitting it and when some winning some awards for it as well Joe, I'm sorry. I don't remember what all the awards were that you have won for them so far. Um, but what I can say is that uh, he's got submissions all over the place, um, you know, to trying to trying to win some more awards uh, on this thing. As a matter of fact, live in this moment, he just tagged me on a post. Um, quote, thank you at Bloody Hollywood for having Sci-Fi Sam as an official selection to film festival. Let's go for a bloody award. So... Up for yet another award. That's what's up with Dirty Joe. Um, if you guys don't know who Dirty Joe is, go and check him out. He is kind of killing it right now. That Sci-Fi Sam video he shot and recorded. Um, he got the idea for it while he was um, on the set for Area 5150. Um, for those of you who uh, maybe don't remember, Area 5150 is a upcoming movie um, from Sean Heights. Um, that stars um, Felissa Rose. It stars um, 
Vernon Wells, and then it's got a bunch of the cannibal comedian crew in it. But um, Joe wrote and he wrote the song um, just kind of based on his experiences on the set, got a lot of the people there involved in the actual video, and then it's finally out. So go to YouTube, uh, just search Dirty Freaking Joe or search Sci-Fi Sam, you'll be able to find that video. Um, but as I mentioned, that is for the movie Area 5150, which is forthcoming. Um, not sure when that's coming yet. We're all still kind of riding the cannibal comedian high because that thing has just been slain at all the film festivals, really just kind of cleaning up. Um, we just last saw it at the uh, Silicon Beach Film Festival at uh, Chinese Theater in Hollywood, which, I mean, it was amazing to see it on that big-ass screen. So um, hopefully that movie finds uh, a home soon so that everybody... Um, can stop just kind of hearing about it and go and experience it uh, for yourselves because uh, I think it's going to be awesome uh, when that happens. But as I mentioned, um, Area 5150 has a bunch of the um, Cannibal Comedian crew in it. So um, there's Robert Dunn, there's um, Ryan James. Now, Ryan James, I, I want to talk about for a second because um, this guy is kind of the man who makes everything happen behind the scenes. He is not only a producer, actor, I think a director, but he edits a lot. I know he edited um, Cannibal Comedian. I know he's editing um, some other stuff. Like the guy is just kind of jack of all trades. Ryan um, is going to be appearing in Mutilator 2. Now, again, if you're a, you know, a subscriber, active listener of the show, we did an episode on Mutilator way back. When you're done with this episode, you can go back and check out our Mutilator episode, or Fall Break, as I like to call it. Um, but shortly, I think kind of right around the same time as we were doing that episode, we also learned that they would be filming a sequel to that movie with some of uh, the original cast in the new one. Um, and it's so crazy because, you know, Ryan's in that movie, and I had no idea he's in the second one. And then we go to meet him, you know, in real life, and we've been hanging out with him, and... Uh, we've got something coming with him um, as well and um, some good stuff with Ryan coming down the pipe. But then he shows up in Mutilator 2. It's fucking awesome. Um, we also attended his um, L.A. debut for his film um, Chasing Chasing Amy, which was a documentary on uh, the making of Chasing Amy. It's not, not so much a documentary, more like a, a storytelling of how that movie came to be. It was really fucking good. Um, if you can catch it anywhere and you're uh, you know, a fan of the Kevin Smith um, stuff and Chasing Amy uh, was one of them, then I recommend Chasing Chasing Amy. So, um, Ryan, Mutilator 2. Um, now, here's the thing. Mutilator 2 comes out on Friday, October 6th, which is just a little bit less than a week from now. It's premiering at the Joe Bob Briggs World Drive-In Jamboree. Now, the Jamboree has a film festival, and guess who won the film festival? I'll give you three guesses, but you only need the one. Cannibal Comedian. Um, it won a hubby, um, which is uh, Joe Bob's uh, term for the award because uh, it's inscribed on a Chevy hubcap. So um, they're going to be premiering, well, not premiering, but they're going to be showing Cannibal Comedian at the, uh, the Jamboree out in Vegas on October 6th. And then they're going to be premiering Mutilator 2. So Ryan is involved with both those things, which I think is fucking awesome and a testament to how 
hardworking that man is. I wouldn't be surprised if in a year from now he is a household name with a bunch of, you know, the cool shit coming out. Um, Rob White is also in Area 5150. Aaron Prager is in Area 5150. And again, if you've listened, Aaron Prager is Mr. Cannibal Comedian himself. He plays uh, Charlie the Cannibal Comedian. Now, Aaron is also starring in a new Hindi, uh, Hindi, <laughs> a new indie horror film that um, the podcast has just started following. Um, this one's called House of Haunted Pancakes. And I'm sure if you weirdos use a little bit of deductive reasoning, you can determine that uh, that movie's going to be based on uh, some like uh, um, haunted food, specifically pancakes, uh, maybe possessed. I don't know. Um, I'm interested to see it. It's still in crowdfunding. Uh, they do have an Indiegogo that's um, kind of up and going. So go and check that out. Um, we posted something on the Instagram about, ooh, I don't know, about a week ago, maybe? No, maybe Monday. Um, it was our interview with um, Nikki McElroy. She is a writer and producer of the movie. Um, it also was with uh, Paul Newton, who I believe is a writer on the movie. And then um, Nathan. Oh, Nathan, I'm sorry. I'm going to forget your name. Uh, Nathan Dalton. Sorry. Sorry, Nathan. Uh, Nathan Dalton. Nathan Dalton, uh, the director of House of Haunted Pancakes. Um, so if you're, you know, on the socials, if you're on Instagram, at least go and check them out. Um, they have another movie called um, Attack of the Killer Donuts, which I would imagine is a kind of homage to Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. And then they have a um, they have another movie. Ooh, let's see if I can remember it off the top of my head. Shady Grove. Shady Grove, um, which I believe those first two are on Tubi at least. So um, you can check those out. I think we're going to be doing a dive on those as well. It's kind of a roll into um, House of Haunted Pancakes. I posted like a quick six or seven minute video, which is an interview with those three from uh, Days of the Dead Festival in L.A. a couple weeks ago. So hopefully when House of Haunted Pancakes makes a debut or close to, we can have a more kind of full-framed interview with that cast and crew. Funny story about um, House of Haunted Pancakes, uh, Dirty Joe is also an associate producer on that, and he just got um, elevated to associate producer, associate producer on Cannibal Comedian as well, so... I'm telling you guys, uh, Dirty Joe is the guy that you want to be following. He has got his hands in all the pots, um, you know, and he's starting to quickly kind of become part of that whole um, pink plaid uh, outfit, which is the cannibal comedian, Thumper's Revenge, I would imagine, Area 5150. Um, so all good things coming from there. Um, we've also been following Alan Danziger's new movie called The Weed Hacker Massacre. So I don't know if you guys remember, but Alan Danziger played uh, Jerry, the van driver from the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Now, we just did an interview with Ray Spivy, whose movie Storage Locker just came out not too long ago. I, I want to say September 9th, um, of which Alan is in that movie. Yeah, that's Alan's first movie since... Pff, Probably since Texas Chainsaw Massacre, he's uh, he's been saving it up somewhere. But it was great to see him in that film. And then when we went to interview Ray, he surprisingly had Alan with him on the phone. So 
Um, I don't know. I'm still super stoked that Mutant City Horror got to talk to an actual Texas Chainsaw Massacre alum, uh, which I don't know how many people can say other than, um, you know, probably the people who have been doing the same thing for uh, long, much longer than we have. <laughs> so, um, Weed Hacker Massacre is uh, the brainchild of both Alan Danziger and Ray Spivy. Um, so make sure you kind of hit the Instagram and check that out as well. That that's starting to kind of shape up, take form and look pretty dope. Um, and then there's just a couple other side projects that the podcast has been starting to follow. There's one called uh, rap problem, which is a horror short um, that we're kind of looking forward to a new one that just popped up for us. It's on our radar field of screens. Um, so check that out on Instagram as well. And then, um, we have plans to kind of do a deep dive uh, with a director named Sam Curtin. Sam Curtin has his third movie that just released in September called Beaten to Death. Uh, but before that was The Slaughterhouse Killer, and then his first one was Blood Hunt. Now, I was unfamiliar with Sam and those movies until I saw the trailer for Beaten to Death, in which I don't want to say it took my breath away, but... Um, <laughs> you don't get a lot of movies that look like this, or at least they don't deliver. Um, super violent, super gory, super bloody. It looks fucking amazing. Um, coming from Australia, which all the other two movies do as well. So Sam, I think is based in Australia somewhere. I don't remember where, so sorry, Sam. Um, but it's just, it's awesome because, there's those movies coming from Australia. The movie we're going to talk about tonight is from Australia. Um, I, you know, we've, I've seen talk to me a couple times now, which came from Australia. So I was starting to wonder like, what is it with Australia all of a sudden where we're getting all these fucking like great horror movies coming now? I don't, I don't know. Maybe there's other action adventure rom-com movies coming then from there too. But you know, we're a horror podcast, so that's kind of what we're paying attention to. And it wasn't until I started digging in on the movie that we're going to talk about tonight that kind of connected a dot for me and kind of made sense in regards to why we're seeing some some really good Australian stuff coming um, coming through. So um, anyways, uh, like I said, we're going to be doing a really deep dive with Sam Curtin stuff and then um, uh, hopefully some more thereafter. Um, and then we've got a really kind of big thing coming up, at least in my opinion, that should be taking shape around end of November. Um, still putting that together, but um, if you are a fan of 80s slasher horror movies like, you know, The Staples, um, you're going to be stoked for this one, too. So um, I'll just I'll keep it there. <laughs> let you guys, you know, kind of uh, ponder on that one. And then uh, we'll see what happens, um, hopefully closer towards the end of the year. All right. So with Matt not here, um, I'm going to try my best at this thing. I, I feel like I never get it right. Um, but, you know, whatever. Um, say la vie. The show must go on. Kind of awkward when I'm by myself, so I'm just going to jump right into it. The mutants are running amok, and we head towards that theater where the marquee reads, Run, Rabbit, Run. Can people come back? Come back from where? From where they go when they die.
I had a sister. Her name was Alice. What was she like? She liked animals. She'd find wild rabbits and bring them home. She went missing when she was only seven. I'm seven. I don't understand what's going on. It's clear there's something troubling me. I don't want to talk about it. She's pretending to be Alice. I am Alice. Please, this isn't a game. You don't like me. Make me hide and hide. You're a nasty little thing. You're a good girl. Where's Leah? You're a good girl. You're a good girl. So this one is relatively new. Uh, just hit Netflix like end of June of this year, 2023. So a couple months ago. Um, I got to give it up to my wife. Uh, she's the one who kind of nudged me to watch this. It was on the list, but it just kind of sat there. Uh, she had watched it before me and said it was great. So I took a look and man, was she not wrong? And was I not disappointed? Run Rabbit Run is directed by Dana Reed, um, who has um, mostly done um, some television stuff. Um, I don't I haven't seen uh, anything that she has done, but I'm familiar with some of the work. Um, I'll give you an example. She is credited for um, directing a couple episodes of Space Force, um, which I think is the um, Seth MacFarlane uh, space show. Uh, and then um, she did a, four episodes of The Handmaid's Tale. Now, that's going to come in um, clutch in a minute, but um, that's still another show that I haven't seen, but I heard is really fucking good. So uh, maybe one of these days I'll buckle down and, and watch that. Um, so Run, Rabbit, Run. Oh, man, even worse, it's synopsis. Synopsi? Synopsi? Synopsises? I'm really bad about recapping what this movie is, so I'm just going to go ahead and read it here. Um, Sarah, our main character, is a fertility doctor who believes firmly in life and death. But after noticing the strange behavior of her young daughter, she must challenge her own values and confront the ghosts from her past. Um, that's a really short way of saying that uh, <laughs> there's some Sarah, who's this doctor, uh, is dealing with. Uh, her daughter who starts to act uh, real abnormal after her birthday. I think we uh, kind of open on um, her daughter, Mia, uh, played by Lily Latore. Um, not have seen her in anything along with Sarah as well. Uh, ironically, Sarah's real name is Sarah Snoop. Or it looks like Snoke to me, but only my Star Wars people get that one. <laughs> So we, uh, the movie kind of opens up on Mia's birthday and it's just the two of them. And, you know, Mia's asking about, you know, who's going to be coming over for dinner to help celebrate her birthday. And Sarah, the mom, mentions to her that her dad is coming, his new wife, their child, 
Um, so she says kind of, you know, everybody. And then Mia says, well, not everybody. And when we, you know, the camera pans, we kind of learn that um, her grandfather, Sarah's father, has passed away recently. Or at least that's what it feels like because it's, you know, the, the context of the conversation made it feel like it just happened. Um, so after that, Mia starts to act a little different. Um, Sarah's kind of left to try to figure out what's happening with her kind of on her own while still trying to kind of wrestle with the emotions of just losing her father. And we kind of find out throughout the movie that she's estranged from her mother. Um, so, you know, separated, you know, from her husband and both parents are gone. Um, you know, there's not a lot of people that she can lean in on. So trying to figure out what's happening with her daughter as she's starting to act it behavioral wise, she starts to kind of take on the personality of somebody else. Ooh. Um, and so it can be a lot. And so the movie deals with her trying to kind of handle the situation. But then as the movie goes on, we learn more and more about Sarah and her background and her demons and the things that she's kind of got buried deep inside that are starting to kind of surface to the top. And you mix that all with all those other things. And it just makes for uh, some hard times. Now, the movie isn't a horror movie in the sense that it's, you know, a slasher or a monster movie or something like that. Um, I would call it kind of like a thriller horror, more like not psychological, even though it does deal with some psychological stuff. Um, but it's, it's, I don't know, it's pretty intense. Um, there is some, you know, blood, there is some guts, there is a, a spider crawling down from my ceiling. Hold on, let me go handle that. No trespassing. Sorry about that. Okay. So there's some shit in this movie and it's fucking awesome. Um, just a couple facts real quick. As I mentioned earlier, um, the movie was shot in South Australia. Let me see if I can actually kind of pinpoint. I just said South Australia. Um, in kind of digging in on this stuff, it turns out that um, Australia has... Uh, one of the lowest kind of COVID incident numbers in the world. So it makes it ideal for shooting movies because there's less, um, you know, exposure to COVID, less risk of, you know, people having problems on set with contracting COVID. I mean, we kind of, you know, they're talking with Ray Spivy about a storage locker that got put on hold because of COVID. Um Sean with Cannibal Comedian that kind of, you know, hit delays because of COVID. So it makes sense to me that we're seeing more horror come out of Australia because everybody's shooting there because it's much safer to shoot there from a COVID perspective, which I'm not mad at. Um, at least everything that I've seen so far is like Australian born and raised in that sense. I don't know that I've seen a lot of stuff that, you know, is... American that's been shot in Australia, at least not that I'm aware of, but uh, I'm loving what has been coming from Australia um, as of late. Now, the Sarah character um, was actually supposed to be played by Eliz uh, Elizabeth Moss, but I think there was some scheduling conflict between um, her schedule, so she couldn't do it. And if you know anything about um, Elizabeth Moss, then you know that she comes from 
dun, 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 the Handmaid's Tale. So it makes sense um, that you know the director of Run Rabbit Run, um, Dana. I think it's Dana. It's D A I D A I N A. I'm just gonna go with Dana. Dana Reed uh, kind of wanted to work with Elizabeth Moss because they have a pre-existing relationship there, uh, but just couldn't work it out because of scheduling conflicts. Um. yeah so the movie opens like i mentioned with sarah um you know kind of barging in on her daughter happy birthday making her some pancakes we kind of establish that it's just the two of them um we get the you know the the notice that uh, grandpa has passed away and then um we actually see um, mom and Nia come home for the day after their, you know, she goes to work and Nia goes to school and we see the garage, uh, is open and it's full of boxes. Um, don't know if they're moving boxes or what, at least my dumbass couldn't put it together. Um, but you know, there's the garage is full of boxes nonetheless. And when they get home, uh, Mia has found that, um, there was a rabbit kind of running around the house, so she insisted on keeping it, although mom didn't want her to do that, um, but they kept it nonetheless. So they're having this dinner party for Mia for her birthday, and her dad comes over, and they're waiting for his new wife and um, her son, not their kid. And Sarah and the dad are talking, and the dad starts to ask Sarah about her dad making sure that you know she's good in the head um he shows some real like good concern for her which is kind of a our first alert at the fact that you know she might need some help um and she mentions to him that she wants to get rid of that rabbit but he convinces her to to let mia keep it well i'll tell you what i don't want to ruin the whole movie for you so i'll give you some some highlights Mia starts acting up, right? She takes on uh, the persona of somebody else, somebody from her mom's past. And her mom is tripping out because Mia doesn't know who this person is. And Mia starts asking for people that her mom has really never either, you know, told her about or have let into her life. So she's starting to freak out a little bit. And, uh, you know, she's starting to, Mia's starting to get in trouble at school um the, they call mom in for kind of a parent teacher conference to show um mom kind of some artwork in regards to what mia has been doing that starts to get a little scary now because mia is taking on this personality of some people she's insisting on seeing some other people um it, so mom decides to you know she thinks well maybe if i introduce her to these people it'll kind of you know make her better she's starting to get the impression that mia is sick in some way but as a doctor herself you'd think that she'd be quick to like get her some medical help but that's not the case she tries to you know the home remedy it and you know talk to her, give her baths, kind of level with her. But I got to tell you, um, this this kid, Mia, uh, played by um, Lily Latour, man, she steals the fucking movie. I think she did the best job. Everybody did a great job in this movie, but the Mia character, um, oh, just spot on. 
I, I think um, it really kind of solidifies the whole movie experience and the whole story as well because of how well that uh, Mia can kind of do her part. Things not working her way, Sarah decides to kind of take Mia to her childhood home where we're starting to learn, at least by this point, that um, Sarah, mom, has a little bit of a uh, past to her in relation to um, a sibling that um, isn't very talked about much. And we start to learn why and we start to learn about why Sarah, mom, is kind of the way that she is, real overprotective, overbearing of her single child. I only say it that way because there's a point in the movie where Sarah, the mom, and um, Mia's dad are talking, and the dad mentions that him and his new wife are trying to get pregnant, and mom is like, so, you know, in hindsight, it's it's kind of, you know, I'm trying not to spoil it for you guys, but... Um, it makes sense later on in regards to why Sarah wanted her to be um, a sing uh, an only child, a single child. Um, and then we just start to see kind of the inverse, right? We At first we thought that something was happening with Mia, but then we start learning that maybe something's happening with mom. Um, and again, I don't want to ruin it. I think this movie is too fresh, too new. Um, and since we're not doing a whole deep dive on it like we normally do, I'm just going to encourage you guys to go watch it. It's on Netflix. Um, you can check it out. Um, it quickly became one of my favorites for this year, so I've added that to the list. Um, I do plan on watching it again um, because it's fucking awesome. But overall, I thought it was I thought it was great. Um, I you know you don't feel the hour forty, but just because of the pacing of the movie, it kind of ramps up over time. But even then, it's not to say that it, you know, feels slow at all. It's just, it just gets progressively better and it just kind of draws you in and it gets more and more cynical and it gets little by little, it gets violent and then it gets gruesome and then it gets crazy. Um, and it's all wrapped up in, you know, wonderful performances by everybody, but especially um, Lily there playing Mia. Um, but yeah, go, go, go check it out. Uh, like I said, it's on Netflix. It's only been out a couple months um worth the watch and then just stick around again i apologize you know but uh we got some good content coming for you guys uh hopefully more consistently and more frequently um but good stuff nonetheless um if you guys want to hit us up you can find us on instagram at mutant city horror same thing on threads and then you can always email the show at uh, mutant city horror at gmail.com Otherwise, we will see you guys on the next one. Peace out.